Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Judge McCall podcast. As always, this is Miles. And before I start, you may or may not hear a slight humming in the background. That is my fan. The air in my crib went out yesterday and we're trying to get it fixed. And I have to have this huge fan in my room for now. And it's hot. I am not turning it up, turning it off. So if I can't talk over it, which I think I should be able to. But if I can't, apologies if you hear the slight humming. But still, it should be a good episode regardless. Uh, we're going to be talking about Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes' giant deal. And then the, the Dallas Cowboys decided not to sign Dak Prescott to a multi-year extension or at least give him market money. They decided to sign him to a franchise tender. We're going to talk about what that means for Dak Prescott and for the future of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to do these in order of most surprising to me to least surprising to me. And we're going to start with the Cam Newton story. So if you haven't heard by now, which if you're tuning in, you probably have. Cam Newton officially signed with an NFL team after months. I think it was the middle of March when he got let go by the Panthers, or at least they were trying to seek a trade partner when they when we knew that he wasn't going to be in Carolina anymore. It was about mid-March. He was officially a free agent was probably by the end of March. At minimum, before the draft. So we've been waiting. So many other quarterbacks have been signed. Cam Newton has officially signed to the New England Patriots. And the deal is not anything you'd expect. He only signed for a one-year, $1 million deal. We probably expected one year out of it. But the $1 million is still absolutely shocking. Only 550000 is guaranteed. But he can make up to $5.75 million in incentives, which will bring the total to about $7 million. And he signed this officially on July 4th. And my initial reaction was, wow, they got a 31-year-old former MVP for a million dollars? That's an absolute steal. I don't know what's going through everybody's head, but this is an absolute steal. People talk about Cam Newton like he should have retired a while ago. No, this is a, this is a great signing for an absolutely great deal. But my second reaction is, what the hell took so long? Is like there are three teams that would have been perfect fits for Cam Newton where he should have probably already been on the roster and learning the playbook by now, getting ready for the season to start. And number one is Chicago. They decided on sticking with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. And that's a that's a hill to die on that I will never understand. But that's the move that they decided to go. They decided that they were out on Cam Newton and that they wanted to go with that in their quarterback room. We'll see how that turns out for them. A second, I thought he was going to go to L.A. I, I thought he was going to go play for the Chargers. I said this months ago. I was like, well, they, I think they should draft Herbert. That is something that they should do. I don't think they, even if they go after Cam Newton, that shouldn't be a long-term decision. I think they should draft Herbert and then get Cam Newton, try and make a deep playoff push this year, or at least for the next two years, and then put Herbert in when he's ready. But they decide to stick with Tyrod. I can't fault him for that. Tyrod is a solid interim QB. He's a good bridge quarterback. Can't blame him for that. And then the third team is the New England Patriots, which is ultimately where where he landed. That's one of the three places I had him going. But what took so long? The draft was almost four months ago. It's definitely three months ago. All reports coming out of the New England Patriots camp, whether it's from the offensive coordinator, Justin Daniels, or whether it was coming from Bill Belichick himself, it was, we don't have any interest in Cam Newton right now. We're comfortable with Jared Stidham. That has been all reports coming out of the camp. I remember Ian Rappaport reporting it. I remember Colin Cowherd going on the air. 
uh, Jake Laser was reporting. It was like, hey, the, the Patriots simply do not have interest in Cam Newton. It seemed like there wasn't a market for Cam Newton, given his injury history, given his style of play, given how a lot of people kind of don't like who Cam Newton is off the field. For some reason, I think he's a great guy and a super hard worker. But what changed? And in my opinion, this leads me to believe that th- they, they kind of think what I think. Their current stance on Jarrett Stidham is that he's mid. He's, he's, he's exactly the guy who they put into a game last year through a pick in a fourth quarter game where they, weren't going, where they weren't going to lose, and they still pulled him out and put Tom Brady back in. They don't think that he is the guy that's going to lead the Patriots for the next few years, at least yet. The Patriots had no choice but to bite the bullet and sign Cam Newton. So how did I get to this assumption? Easy. The Patriots' backup quarterback is a 10-year veteran, and you may or may not have heard him if you're familiar with football. His name is Brian Hoyer. He's played five of his 10 seasons already in New England. He's played for Bill Belichick before. He's been to the playoffs with Bill Belichick before. He has a ring with the Patriots as as a guy rostered on the team. So... There's no way Cam Newton coming in to New England is about him being a possible backup in case Stidham doesn't work out because they already have their possible backup. They already have their guy that knows how Josh McDaniels runs his office. They already have a guy that knows how Bill Belichick likes to coach. They already have their backup quarterback position locked down. I don't think Brian Hoyer is going anywhere. So I believe that the the Patriots know that in order for them to be competitive – they may or may not need a quarterback that is a game changer. And I don't think that Jared Stidham is much of an upgrade over Hoyer. So they needed a guy that is more than just a game manager. I'm not saying that Cam is going to come into the Patriots offense and light up the league and he's going to return to MVP form. But I think that Cam is more than capable of being an above average quarterback at minimum. I think that Cam can come back from his hiatus and be a top 15 quarterback and a top 15 quarterback on an okay offense. They still don't have great weapons. Their offensive line is still meh. But if you put Cam Newton on that team, I believe he's enough of a game changer to help them win games. If you have Jarrett Stidham in the same position as Cam Newton would be this upcoming year, I don't think it's working out. But there has been plenty of speculation about what New England is getting with Cam Newton. There's a reason that Cam Newton wasn't signed. There's a reason people that there's a reason that people don't believe in Cam Newton in 2020. So what is it that I believe that the New England Patriots will be getting? Uh, most important, in my opinion, is a healthy Cam Newton. He passed his physical the day that he signed. Well, technically, he got the contract on June 29th. Then they brought him in for physicals on July 2nd, which he passed, and then he officially signed on July 4th. So the foot injury is no more. Um, apparently, he had the worst case scenario of the foot injury because it was originally misdiagnosed. The break he had was a midfoot break. So it's in the middle of your foot, but it's often able misdiagnosed as a midfoot sprain rather than a midfoot break. And that's what happened to him. In Washington, you can not in Washington. That's happened to him in Carolina. You can go look it up. They were talking about it. They were talking about there were setbacks because it was originally misdiagnosed, and it happens. But still, it makes the recovery time longer. But the best part is, Cam Newton is healthy, and as documented, if you wanted to go look at his Instagram, it seems like he's been healthy for a very, very long time. 
this is a recovery that for normal people can take up to a year to heal. And I've actually had experience dealing with this. Not me. I didn't break my foot, but my dad broke his foot. And it was literally the exact same break. He had a midfoot break. They originally diagnosed it as a sprain. And what they had to do is they had to go back, re re-break his foot, and it had to heal. But for my dad, it only took maybe nine months. He's a regular dude. He doesn't play in the NFL. Cam Newton does play in the NFL. He has access to extremely, extremely smart doctors, extremely, extremely great NFL level facilities where he can heal, rehabilitate, and he has level to physical therapists that are at an NFL level. So I assume that he's been healed for at least six months now. He ha- he's had to be healed by at least February. If you go back and look at his Instagram, that's when he's been, he's been working out and trying to at least do some exercise in the swimming pool early February. And then over the summer, we've seen him doing workouts with Odell and a couple of other guys. So I think Cam Newton is healthy. And if he comes back and he's not healthy, I can say that my dad is cooler than Cam Newton because he healed from his injury. So it's a win-win for me. And number two, Cam Newton is still young. People, like, like I said, people keep talking about him like he's Brett Favre in 2010 and that he should have hung it up a while ago. They keep talking about, he, talking about him like he's 40. He's only 31. This just happens to be the youngest the NFL has ever been. Like, we're going through a change where all the quarterbacks that we grew up watching are getting old. And now it's a bunch of young guys starting. Earlier last season, there was a point where 20 of the quarterbacks, 20 of the 32 quarterbacks that were starting in week three were under 27 years old. That is the first time that has ever happened in the past 32 years. The previous record was only 18 quarterbacks. And it was 32 years ago. And now we have 20 quarterbacks under 27 starts. So by comparison, yes, Cam Newton does look a little old, but he's still one of the younger quarterbacks in the league. He's not a guy like Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers are getting up there in age. They're nearing in on 35. I think Matthew Stafford is anyway. I think Aaron Rodgers is already 35. But still, bro, like, come on. The kid is still young. If Cam plays well and... They want to continue this, and they want to sign him to a long-term deal. I think they should, and I think that will work out best for the Patriots because that would allow them to keep that chokehold on the AFC East, that they at least start off. Because even if Cam is 31, and he only since he is a mobile quarterback, if he can only last three to four more years, then I understand. You maybe only want to get him on a two- or three-year deal. But if he comes out and he proves that he's healthy and he looks like a good quarterback, they're probably going to try and lock him up before the season ends, and I think that would be great for New England and at least them staying competitive. The third point is Cam Newton gives the New England Patriots something that they have not had at least for 20 years. I honestly never had it, but something they've not had at least for 20 years with Tom Brady, and that is a true dual-threat quarterback. Everybody knows which direction the league is going. They Pocket passers are not obsolete. They're still fantastic. There is still a place in the league for pocket passers. Guys like Drew Brees, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Phillip Rivers. But the thing is, they're becoming antiquated because of how fast and how much more athletic everybody is getting. You kind of have to use your feet to extend plays and escape pressure. Your O-line isn't always going to be great. And that is okay because you're pairing this guy with Josh McDaniels, a guy that likes to run the ball. He likes to establish the run. He likes to do play action. He likes to design plays to maximize the talent that he has. He doesn't like to just use his regular system. He likes to use the personnel on the field and use them as effective as possible. 
and he's he's also arguably the best in the league at creating wrinkles in his play design. I think pairing him with Cam Newton, the creativity that they can do is incredible because you have to look at the way that the Patriots run their offense. They really, really, really like to establish the run, bring in big sets, double tight ends, fullbacks, the whole nine. They like to establish the run, do play action. And then they add those same wrinkles in and start doing RPOs. But with Tom Brady, you're limited because he can't run. Usually with the RPO, run pass option, in case you're not familiar with the terminology, what you do is you have the option to either run the ball, hand it off to the running back, or pass the ball. Those are usually your only two options if you're a quarterback that just stands in the pocket. But another wrinkle in the design is if you're a mobile quarterback, you now have the option to pull the ball and run. So in the Patriots RPOs where last season, a team would be looking at the film and say, hey, if the Patriots line up in this formation and this guy motions out, they're either going to throw the ball to, let's say, Julian Edelman, or they're going to hand the ball off to Sonny Michelle. Those would be the only two options. But now Josh McDaniels, since he has Cam Newton, if he starts week one, they can add another wrinkle into, them, into those same formations that NFL teams are so used to seeing. But instead of handing off to Sonny Michelle, or throwing it to Julian Edelman, Cam Newton will have the option to pull the ball and take off because everybody knows that he can. And that's just going to make the Patriots offense so much more dangerous, especially given the fact that they do not have elite weapons as receivers. They have some pretty good running backs, but as far as receivers go, they don't have guys that can create too much separation. And honestly, that leads me to my next point that they're getting with Cam Newton. They're getting a guy who has worked with less, just like Tom Brady. Cam has never been blessed with a great offensive line, never had incredible weapons. He had two good late years out of a 30-year-old Steve Smith, and then he's got some pretty consistent play from Greg Olson, but he's never had a true wide receiver one. Okay, Kelvin Benjamin was not good, but still, it's just like it's more of the same for Cam Newton. Stepping into New England, he's not going to be expecting to have a Julio or a guy like that. The Patriots have had trouble keeping pressure off Tom Brady all last year. The wide receivers had trouble separating all season. And if Cam is the week one starter, that's okay. Because there won't be that big of a, of a gap in talent going from the wide receivers that Cam had during his tenure in Carolina versus what Tom Brady had last year. It's going to be okay. Cam has the ability to extend plays if the wide receivers can't separate. If drops are happening, Cam Newton still has the ability to get out of the pocket. and He'll figure it out. I, I think that that is a plus for the Patriots signing Cam Newton. And then my last point is Cam Newton is H-U-N-G-R-Y. Cam Newton is hungry. He is ready. He wants to go out there and prove everybody wrong. Never underestimate a man on a mission. He, he was pretty much given up on by... The team that he led to a Super Bowl, team that he won an MVP for, team that he was all pro for, he was treated like at a replacement level or a bottom tier QB by their front office and every front office in the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Phillip Rivers, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Geno Smith, and Nick Foles all got signed to teams before Cam Newton, a guy that went to a Super Bowl, is only 31 years old. And won an MVP four years ago. He has something to prove. He, and he has something to prove to every NFL team that passed on him. And honestly, he has something to prove to the league and even the fans that think that he's just not the same guy anymore, which he's not an MVP level player. But do I think he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Absolutely. I absolutely think he could be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. No doubt about it.
I'm, and hey, I'm ready for it. I can't wait to see it. Congratulations to Cam Newton and congratulations to the New England Patriots. Now we're going to move on. What's more surprising to me, the Mahomes deal or Dak Prescott not getting signed? Easily the Mahomes deal. After months of speculation, like we've been waiting, like ever since he threw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in 2018, we've been waiting. Like this, this, has had, this has been going on for at least a year, if not a couple months, that we knew that Patrick Mahomes, when he did get his deal, it was going to completely obliterate the current QB market, and, but they took it to another level. He got a 10-year, $503 million deal. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. $63 million, like a, a $63 million signing bonus, $141 million guaranteed even if he gets injured during a 10-year contract. If he gets put out of commission, if he goes out there week one and gets a concussion and can never play football again, he is guaranteed a $141 million check. That is an absurd amount of money to just fathom being in your bank account for doing nothing. Ridiculous. They have him locked in until the 2032 season. And this is the largest contract in sports history. And if anyone deserves it, it's definitely Patrick Mahomes. This is the equivalent of what the Lakers did in 81 when they signed Magic Johnson to a 25-year deal his second year in the league. Now, what did Magic Johnson give L.A.? Magic Johnson gave L.A. Four more rings, three MVPs. He was a 10-time All-NBA player, four-time assist champion, two-time steal champion. And he gave L.A. all of that, and he had a shortened career. But did they get their money's worth? Absolutely, they got their money's worth. I'm not sure that he'll have that kind of career in the NFL. I'm not sure he'll be a four-time Super Bowl champion. I'm not sure he's going to win two more MVPs. I am not sure about any of that. I cannot guarantee that to anybody. But as long as he's got Andy Reid, I don't think they'll regret this deal at all. And I think he'll give the Kansas City Chiefs and the entire... I think think he's giving the entire fan base plenty to cheer about. He's going to give them the greatest years of his life. In three years, Patrick Mahomes has turned Kansas City into one of the most dangerous NFL offensive in the history of the game. He won an MVP. He won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl MVP, was Offensive Player of the Year, passed for 50 touchdowns in a season, 5,000 yards in a season. Both of those top 10 in NFL history. He has a 92.5 division win percentage, a 77.4 win percentage against the across the entire NFL. He has a 4-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio for his career. And he is one of the most accurate and dynamic QBs in the NFL, arguably in NFL history. And he is only 24 only 24-year-old, man. That is that is absolutely something. Because this isn't Patrick Mahomes' ceiling that we're witnessing. This is his floor. That That's what's so scary. He's accomplished all this by 24. For reference, he's older than me. I, I, I graduate in about a year from now. I'll, I'll be graduated from college. He's older than me. This is Patrick Mahomes' floor. This is something that guys in the Hall of Fame have never done in their entire careers. This is not hyperbole to say that this is the best start to a career at the position since Dan Marino. And if if this is how Patrick Mahomes numbers end up looking, if his numbers end up looking like Dan Marino's numbers and he already has an MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP and an offensive player of the year, broken plenty of NFL records already. If that is his ceiling, 
that's that's pretty damn good. That's that sounds worth five hundred million dollars to me, honestly. Like, what do I say to Kansas City fans with expectations for Patrick Mahomes? Raise him. Raise him as high as you can. Like, I, I honestly don't know how else to put it. This kid, this kid is that. He is him. He is everything you expect him to be. He has lived up to every single expect, expectation that people have already set for him. So why not raise him even higher? I say expect greatness from Patrick Mahomes and pray you get to see him in person. Uh, I probably will never get to see Tom Brady in person. I was going to go to a game last year, but I didn't get to. And now we're in the middle of a pandemic. I may never get to see Tom Brady play in person. And that is something that sucks because you want to see greatness in person. So I advise you that if we ever get the chance to go out and go to sporting events again, you better hope you get to see this kid in person because he is all time. He, he is that kind of talent, seriously. And I think getting this done... The getting this deal done was the best thing that Kansas City could have done. He earned it. They deserved it. Hopefully him and Andy Reid are great for years to come. And now, of the three topics, the least surprising to me, it's really super unsurprising news to me, uh, the Dallas Cow- Cowboys did not sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal as he signed his franchise tag on the 15th of July. And if you've been here before, if you've ever heard me talk about Dak Prescott, you know exactly how I feel about Dak. He's a good quarterback. He's extremely professional. He is top 15 in his position. But the difference in performance that he displays versus above 500 teams as compared to under 500 teams does not inspire confidence in me and his ability to lead Dallas to a Super Bowl. It just doesn't. It's too stark of a difference. He doesn't perform as well. So, And it's just so much that that I would argue that Dallas should move on if Dak can't come down on his asking price. Because Dak is surely above average, but he's not a game changer. And he's asking for game changer money in Dallas. That is the key statement for me. He's asking for this money in Dallas. Personally, I think that Dak Prescott is worth every single penny he's asking for, just not in Dallas. They're not. Their roster is too loaded. They're too good. I think in a fair market, if, if the entire NFL market was absolutely fair, uh, excluding quarterbacks, and the quarterback market was normal, before the Patrick Mahomes deal, I think that Dak Prescott is worth 25 to $30 million. But the dilemma is you can't offer him that because Jared Goff is making $33.5 million a year. And Dak is definitely better than Jared Goff. So because of that, you got to pay him more. If I'm Dallas, I'm still not giving him a bag, still not giving him $40 million a year. Probably wouldn't even offer him anything close. I'm not offering him anywhere near 39 or 38. But the deal I would offer him is a four-year contract worth $144 million. That's about 36 per year with 115 guaranteed plus plenty of incentives if he decides to start playing better. A four-year deal would lock him in. I think that would lock him in until he's 32. And that's still a good age if they ever wanted to extend him. And they get to see what Dak Prescott is going to become. And if they don't like him, they can walk. If they do like him, sign him long term and give him some more money. But the thing is, if he doesn't want it, if I'm Dallas, I let him walk. The hope is that Dallas recognizes what I see, that the talent that they have on that roster, in that locker room, they don't need a quarterback making 
40 million dollars 40 plus million dollars who knows what he's asking for now but they don't need a guy in the backfield that's making 40 million dollars in order to be successful they don't the roster is loaded on both sides of the ball they have elite wide receiver weapons now after the draft getting cd lamb pairing him with amari cooper and michael gallup they have an above average o-line even though with a couple of retirements i they still have some pretty good pieces on their o-line ezekiel elliott is absolutely amazing tony pollard is a great backup running back they have everything they need on the offensive side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball they are literally a safety away cough cough go spend that money on jamal adams from being one of the best defenses in the entire league like when you look at this roster from top to bottom they don't need a superstar quarterback they need a guy that can come in and do what teddy bridgewater did for the new orleans saints when drew Brees went down a guy that can come in make the right decisions limit turnovers and be accurate you have to think of their quarterback situation the same way the titans quarterback situation was last year all they needed was ryan Tannehill. they didn't need a superstar guy to come in and light things up to make a deep run into the playoffs ryan Tannehill was accurate he made throws when he was asked to and he limited turnovers that is all they need from a guy and they can rely on ezekiel elliott to carry the load because you know Zeke is going to get 30 carries a game. You know he's going to get his. All they need all they need is a quarterback that can throw maybe 20 to 30 times a game, complete about 69% of his passes, 69-70% of his passes, and have a at least a 2 to 1, 3 to 1 interception ratio. That is all they need. The money that would be spent on Dak would be better put better it would be put to better use going somewhere else. Like I said, go get Jamal Adams, which I would love. That would make their secondary so much better because what happens when you have a young corner that's better in press, not better in press, better in zone, cover two, specifically when they drafted Trevon Diggs, then, man, you get a safety over the top that can help them out. That would help Trevon Diggs' development. They already have one of the best nickel corners in the league in Jordan Lewis, should go blue. Chidobi Awuze could be a cornerback too, but, hey, you could always go out and sign a guy like Pat Pete. Or if Jamal Adams, you think he wants too much money, go get a guy like Anthony Harris or Justin Simmons. Sean Lee's getting pretty old. You could always go out and get Demario Davis or Levante David. But paying Dak $40 million just, it's not a good idea. It's like Dak, frankly, is not good enough to get the money from Dallas. Now, if, if this were Patrick Mahomes that we were talking about, and he said, hey, I really want to play in Dallas. Give me $40 million. You give... Patrick Mahomes, $40 million. Patrick Mahomes is good enough to will this team to a Super Bowl. Or you could say the same thing with a bevy of quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers two years ago. Plenty of guys. But Dak Prescott, a guy that you're still trying to see exactly who he is, you don't give him that kind of money. Uh, But I do believe that another NFL team could absolutely find some success in giving Dak $40 million, and they could build something better. But in this situation... Absolutely not. But the only thing that could throw a wrench into that is this upcoming season. They did tag him. He is making, I believe, around $33 million on the franchise tag, give or take. But if Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy happen to really click, Mike McCarthy did some great things with Brett Favre. He did some great things with Aaron Rodgers. If he can do some great things with Dak Prescott this season and they make a deep playoff push, No doubt Dak Prescott is getting his money. No doubt at all. 
I have no doubt in my mind, and he should. If all he needed was a head coaching change, that's great. Then more power to him. But if he's the same guy who he was last year and he beats up on all the bad teams, teams that he should beat, but he only has one win versus a playoff team and it happens to be the Eagles and they split the series, then don't have much to say to you. You got to move on at that point. And to me, they do have real options if they decide not to stick with Dak Prescott. Like they have some serious, legit options that would make sense. And I think I think they have four. So number one to me, Alex Smith has officially been cleared for full football activity as of yesterday night. And he actually wants to play. He's not scared. He's ready. He wants to get back on a football field. And if he is who he was pre-injury, he is more than capable of leading Dallas deep into the playoffs and possibly even the Super Bowl. It, like they don't call him Captain Checkdown, Checkdown Charlie for no reason. He is so good at working the short sides of the field and the short area of the field. He doesn't take too many chances, but they have so many receivers that can create separations. Alex Smith is one of the is one of those guys that is going to get the ball there on time, on target, no matter what. Like it's going to happen. You have to if you go back and look at what he did in Kansas City the year before Patrick Mahomes became the full time starter. Alex Smith was on it. Early in the season, people were talking about Alex Smith as top five in MVP voting. Alex Smith was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Alex Smith is definitely very, very capable of giving Dallas 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And I think that is with Zeke in the backfield and that defense, I think that is more than enough for Dallas. And number two, uh, Cam Newton. No matter how good Cam plays, I don't think he'll be paid a bag in 2021. And if he is paid a bag, it definitely will not be by New England. Uh, That's just not how New England rolls. Uh, But I also don't think that Cam Newton will ever be worth $30 million again. I think that no matter how good Cam plays this season, if it's not at an MVP level, he's not going to make incredible money. So I think that if Cam plays well and he shows that he still has plenty of mobility and can make the requisite passes, I think that getting Cam Newton on maybe a 15 million dollar deal 20 million dollar deal is is more than more than enough cam noon in in this dallas offense a true true dual threat quarterback more mobile than deck i I don't know like i'm not saying that they'll go to the super bowl but i i think i'd lock them in as a playoff team uh number three is jacoby Brissett. he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league he definitely deserves a shot at being a franchise quarterback Um, A lot of people don't see it that way because of how the season ended for the Colts. But people tend to forget that before he injured his knee in week nine, Jacoby Brissett was one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the league. This is not hyperbole. The Colts were six and three. Nobody thought the Colts were going to, to be good at all because Andrew Luck had just retired. Jacoby Brissett had just been forced into the starting lineup and he led the Colts to be six and three. He was completing 65% of his passes. He had 1,800 yards, a 17 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. Versus him getting hurt, he was only completing 55% of his passes, severe drop off, only had 1,100 yards, and he only passed for three touchdowns and had two interceptions. And the Colts were one and five. He was not healthy. He was kind of forced back because. There was no one else. They didn't have a guy after Jacoby Brissett, and he was well enough to go out there and play, but you could see that he severely lacked mobility in the pocket. He was scared of getting hit. He was throwing the ball away more. It was not the same guy. They 
that same Jacoby Brissett is there. He's going to get pretty much a whole nother year to rest and relax now that Phillip Rivers is the quarterback in Indianapolis. I don't think that they're going to resign. I think they're going to try and move on. But the kid can definitely ball. Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett is better than Teddy Bridgewater. And if he's better than Teddy Bridgewater, Ted, Teddy Bridgewater did what he did in New Orleans last year. I am 100% sure that Jacoby Brissett could do better in Dallas for an entire year. Kid can ball. I, I honestly think that would be my favorite in Dallas. And he would keep the cap flexible. The kid, the kid isn't going to ask for $40 million. The kid isn't going to even ask for damn near $20 million. You might be able to get it for 12 to $15 million. And that would really, really be a steal. This it might be the best steal in this entire list. Unless you look at the fourth one I have, which is not my favorite option, but it's a viable one. They could just stick with Andy Dalton. Do I like the sound of that? Absolutely not. Same, does saying that make me feel sick? Absolutely. It's not better than Dak Prescott. But if he could be the average quarterback that he was from 2015 to 2018, that's enough. Like, like people talk about Andy, Andy Dalton like he sucks. He doesn't suck. He's average. He's going to go out there and give you 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions in his prime. That was the best he was going to do. He had that one year where he had 33 touchdowns, but I think he had like 20 picks, which isn't great. But from 2015 to 2018, he was playing fine. Low touchdown to interception ratio, wasn't necessarily slinging the rock. He's not going to give you 5,000 yards, 4,000 yards, but he could for sure give you 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Very, very, like that is as Tannehill-esque as it gets. A guy that is not going to lose you the game. You rely on your run game. He's going to make the throws that you need him to. It sucks. It's not pretty. It's not an elite quarterback. It's not a guy that you probably wouldn't want him in the Super Bowl because he's not going to win the game for you. But if you can stay ahead of the change, stay on schedule, yada, yada, Andy Dalton would be more than plenty. But that's all I got for you. Hopefully the Dallas Cowboys have a great season and they don't have to worry about this at all. But if they move on, I absolutely understand, and I'm right on board with that. Hopefully the Cowboys fans are too. Uh, But that's all I got for you today, man. I'm done. Hopefully you guys have a great day. I appreciate you for tuning in. As always, this is Miles Wilson. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, And I'll see you when I see you. Peace out.